That's right, it's Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. Got a great show for you today. Of course, we'll be going open line in the last part of the show, taking your tech calls and questions. Tell you what the hot app of the week is. And uh, we've got a cool uh, guest on today talking about iBeacon. This is a, uh, a wireless uh, technology from Apple that businesses are using to uh, essentially beam special offers uh, to you. Uh, a company out of Vancouver has actually found a way to use that technology for your home as well. And we'll be finding out uh, what that is all about. In the news this week, uh, Annie, Microsoft uh, has announced Windows 10. Not 9. Win- not 9. I don't know what happened to 9. <laughs> <laughs> Windows 10. Right now we're on um, Windows 8.1. Uh, of course, they're always uh, developing the next version. Um, and uh, this time here, they've skipped an entire number. I think they... What's going on, Andy? Well, there's a lot of uh, speculation of why they went to 10 and not 9. Some people are saying it's because of a programming thing. But, Mike, I really think the reason why they went to 10 is that it's going to be such a big difference from Windows 8 that it didn't do justice to call it Windows 9 because this is almost like a complete overhaul of Windows 8. It's basically if Windows 7 and Windows 8 had a baby, it'd be Windows 10 because you're getting a little bit of both in this new operating system. Is this like Rosemary's Baby, though? <laughs> well, you know what? And we've, we've heard it so much time on this radio show of people frustrating, can't really figure out Windows 8. Well, it was I, such a departure from Windows 7. Do you know what I mean? But I, I saw the logic of what Microsoft was trying to do. They, yeah, wanted to create, they wanted to create an operating system that worked, that was mobile first, that you could, that was good on touchscreens. And tablets. And tablets, and it could also work on touchscreen computers as well. What they didn't realize is they were alienating the people that understood Windows, loved Windows from the days of like Windows 3.14 where you had the start button. And they also didn't take into account that enterprise companies, businesses, would not be embracing Windows 8 because it was a stark contrast. You almost had to retrain your staff on how to use this operating system, and that's why they were reluctant. They went to Windows 7. We have a lot of callers on this show always asking about, how do I get Windows 7 instead of Windows 8? So Microsoft's solution is Windows 10, which gives you the start button. It's back, baby. And the tiles. The start button is back. Not just like um, the unofficial start buttons that you could get with Windows 8, but this is an official one. So if if you are accustomed to Windows 7, you should be able to use Windows 10. So what they're saying, I guess, with this new operating system that uh, at its core, uh, and this is good for developers, you know, programmers that are making the apps and, and software for Windows, uh, they'll be able to use the, the same basic code. And when they write a program, it'll be easy to have that program run on all the different types of Windows devices, whether that's a laptop, uh, whether that's a tablet, uh, whether it's the phone, or even the Xbox One. But Windows... 10 on a tablet is going to look much different than Windows 10 on a PC. Yeah. But it's going to be under the same name. And what's interesting, another funny story was I think they really wanted to call it Windows 1 because you have OneDrive. Yeah. You have Xbox One. So from a marketing perspective, it would have made sense to call it Windows 1. But they had that just after DOS. Yeah. (laughs) So they couldn't go back and call it Windows 1. They had to stick with their number convention. And they skipped one just to show that this is a big difference. What do you think? I think this is long overdue. Yeah. We, we saw when Windows 8 came out, a lot of people, us included, 
we're kind of scratching our heads going, how do I do this? I remember one day we were filming a segment for Windows 8 on our TV show, and we had three techies trying to figure out how to make the screen brighter because we were trying to fill our camera. <laughs> and someone took this picture, and they were all scratching our heads trying to figure out. And, like, I could have done this in two seconds on Windows 7, but we were digging in, and we're like, it's got it. I'm like, it's got to be easy. Where's the settings menu? And it took us a long time. And then I, I was thinking at that time, I'm like, if we're having this, like, so much problems with this, yeah. what's the average person? They're going to look at this and be really frustrated. I, yeah. I remember putting uh, our, my uh, father-in-law got a Windows 8 laptop, just got a new one. And I had a hell of a time trying to configure that thing. Yeah. Because it was just so different. I mean, once you get used to it, it's good, but... Um, if you're used to using like Windows XP or Windows 7, it's a departure. I always wondered if Microsoft did any like tests with consumers with Windows 8 before they launched it because they would have known that people are going to be like, whoa, this is, this is kind of difficult. I'm not... You know, sometimes you drink your own Kool-Aid. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's high-fiving themselves. Especially in a big company. Nobody really wants to be like, uh, I don't know if customers are going to yeah. get this. Like, they got it internally, but... Yeah. Well, time will tell. So uh, apparently this will be coming out in 2015. Yes, a preview build is available right now. You can uh, download that if you want to check it out. But it will be much different when it comes out in 2015. They have a build conference, I think, sometime in March or April. Okay. And so we can expect to see that at that time. The preview is really to get the developers on board. Yeah. Because we've learned that if you're going to create an operating system, you need apps to yeah. get people to buy it. Yeah. And so you need apps right out of the gate. And I think that's what they're going to work on right now. Going on to other important tech news. Um, a lawyer down in the U.S. is threatening to sue Google over the uh, celebrity nude photo hack victims. The fappening, as they so called it. Uh, a bunch of these uh, female celebrities um, had their, I guess, iCloud accounts hacked. Um, and I guess they had a bunch of their photos up there. And these hackers released them onto the internet in one big fell swoop. And I think there's been a couple releases since uh, then. Um, obviously, sites like Google have uh, tried to take down the links to these. But uh, this lawyer is uh, threatening a $100 million lawsuit on behalf of, I guess, some of these celebrities because Google uh, is not acting fast enough. It's funny. It is really, really funny because here this happened in Apple's iCloud. Yeah. But Apple's like, hey, our security was was Solid. not yep. was not compromised here. They guessed passwords. They guessed passwords. Old yep. fashioned style of getting passwords by looking at their profiles on social media, trying to find out what their cat's name is, and and yep. just doing old fashioned ways of of hacking. So then they got they, they, their accounts got compromised. Now they're looking. They can't find the hackers. Yep. So they look at Google and say, it's your fault. You. And that's what their argument is, is that you wanted this or you benefited from us having our pictures exposed because you're advertisers, you're making money from that. But Google is not in the business of doing this. This, is, this lawsuit will not work. The, the, the argument is tough. You have to convince and prove that Google did this, had intentions of trying to um, take advantage of this. And, and they, took, they took it down. As soon as they get a request, Like it takes time. You can't just... Flip, flip a switch and everything is gone. Yeah. So it yeah, took time. Yeah, because, I mean, there's like these pictures have been disseminated to like hundreds of thousands of sites and people. Yeah. It's like whack-a-mole. 
Do you know what I mean? You hit, hit one down, another one's going to pop up. Instead of just one popping up, a thousand more pop up. What they should do, instead of hiring these lawyer to, to go after them, like the lawyer's the only one that's going to make money from this. Oh, yeah. Uh, what they should have done is just get a better password. <laughs> you know, Point the finger to yourself saying, we made a mistake. Or be careful about the pictures you... Or, or yeah, get, get a NAS. <laughs> get a network-attached storage at your home and well, use those, that. Those instead. can be hacked, too. They could, but not as easy. They would have to know that you had one. Um, but in this case, they were using. They knew that they they were Apple users, and they were probably having all their photos uploaded to iCloud. And from there, they just started old-fashioned hacking and guessed their passwords and got it. And I think there's a third version now of these leaks. So we saw the first one back in early September. Yeah. Now it's up to the third one. Like B-list actresses and stuff are are getting their pictures. Um, I better stop taking naked pictures of myself. You, you really should. Because <laughs> I know you're not really good with passwords. <laughs> when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to be talking about iBeacon. This is Apple's uh, wireless technology. It's uh, kind of aimed at businesses and retail, but uh, we're going to be talking with a company that's trying to make it consumer-friendly out of Vancouver. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike and Andy here in studio. We will be going open line in a little while, taking your tech calls and questions. Just waiting to get one of our guests here on the line. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Andy, I've had a chance to uh, try out hands-on with both the uh, the new iPhones. The 6 and the 6 Plus. Yeah. Um, I have to give my thumbs up to this, this new phone. It is awesome. Which one? Uh, they're both awesome, just depending on what you're using them for. Um, I'm leaning towards uh, the smaller one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the smaller one. Um, the smaller one's a 4.7-inch screen, and it is just beautiful. The screen is high resolution, beautiful. It's super fast, and this thing is just deadly thin as well. It's It feels so nice in the hand. 6.9 millimeters thick, I believe. Yeah. Um, how's the battery life on it, though? Uh, I'm finding it excellent. Yeah, I've been able to get right through the day and like right through the night as well. Like I was in Toronto all last week, and um, I didn't have to recharge. Really? Which usually I, I do. Usually you do. Cause and, and I'm using this thing. Like I'm using the GPS. I'm searching for stuff, emailing. So um, I was uh, really happy with the performance of it. So out of the 6 and the 6 Plus, if you had to only choose one, which one would you go with? I'd have to go with the 6 myself. The six. Yeah, because uh, I'm moving around a lot. I'm doing a lot of things at the same time. So it's important for me to have a phone that I can actually uh, use my one hand with. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with the, the six, it's got that larger 4.7-inch screen. I think that's kind of the the largest they can go for one-handed use. Yeah. The uh, the six plus, it is beautiful. Um, if you're, like, kind of sitting down and using it with both hands, it's fantastic. It It's just amazing, the, the screen space. It's like... A mini tablet. Well, that's hence phablet. It's both. Yeah, and it was so awesome. You could be reading, um, you know, newspapers and and websites so easily on that. Um, But for one-handed use, it was a little more difficult for me. You know, I feel real sorry for Apple. There's a lot of people that are going into the Apple Store these days and trying to bend the six plus, like teenagers, and they're posting this online. Like, you know, it's a load of crap. You can bend any of these (laughs) phones. Consumer Reports did a test yes. on a few different phones and, and phablets, and basically you could bend all of them. It's, it wasn't just the iPhone. 
it 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 kind of it's funny how something simple like that can make the headlines. You know, it was really like a couple of guys who had this problem, and yeah. it went on on the internet, and suddenly it's on mass media, it's on TV, and we're talking about it on the radio. But it's really like it's basic physics. Anything that's thin like that, if you keep Bending it, it will bend eventually. I, I could bend like a Samsung. Uh, in that Consumer Reports test, the one that did worst, from what I remember, was the HTC. The HTC One. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's a thin phone as well. Yeah. And it's, I believe, aluminum, like aluminum case on it. So um, this isn't something unique you can do with an Apple iPhone. You can do this with pretty well any any phone. The the guy that originally uh, bent the phone, who who really kind of started this with his demonstration, yeah. turns out he's a Canadian blogger. I think he's based out in Toronto. Yeah. Because a lot of people then there was conspiracy theories of oh the time difference was you know that like you altered your video. Yeah. So he went um he went downtown Toronto, got another iPhone six plus, yeah. and then he had a bunch of witnesses and he goes watch I'm gonna bend this again, and so then he bent it. And I'm like. Stop bending phones. Why? <laughs> why are you doing this? Oh, uh, yeah. I can smash laptop screens. <laughs> but, like, why? Like, somebody could use that I like, know. To, to prove it's, a point. It's such a waste. Um, have you been following the whole CRTC thing with the uh... – Yes. It's, uh, those hearings have been going on pretty much all summer long. Now it's going into the fall. Uh, it's funny because – Over the regulation of Internet services. Yeah. So they're going after basically Google and Netflix. Yeah. And they want customer information. They want all this data about how many people are using Netflix and, and YouTube. And So Netflix and Google essentially said, get bent. <laughs> We're not giving you any of this information. And the CRTC, being Canadian, what did they do? Well, you... You won't be able to come to our hearings anymore. Exactly. <laughs> we're erasing all your testimony, and we're not going to um, factor that into our decision. Yeah. So what kind of decision can you make without, like, some of the big players that are changing the whole television landscape? Exactly. We, we know that in peak hours of Internet traffic during the evening time, 50% of all the traffic is between YouTube and Netflix combined. So obviously, the way people's viewing habits have changed dramatically in the last couple of years. And the CRTC is trying to figure out how they can control this. But you can't. You can't control it. It's on the Internet. People are going to create their own content. They'll create their own little channels and shows. How are they going to get involved with that? And so I, Maybe I, like China. You just block it completely. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but in a functioning democracy, there's no way. I, I feel that they just really need to embrace digital media and that things are changing. The landscape is changing on um, people's viewing habits. But are, are you worried that we're going to lose our identity? Because right now the CRTC regulates things like, um, you know, radio and TV. Yeah. Uh, broadcasters, they have to air so much Canadian content. When you, when you give up on that and, like, let the Netflixes of the world and the Googles, Googles just let the market decide – um, our Canadian content, and I'm sorry, in so many cases can't compete against these programs coming out of the U.S. that have 10 times the budget and production value. In, in defense of the CRTC, that, that mandate that they did before actually really helped the Canadian music industry because you had all these Canadian artists yeah. who had to get radio play because of the rules. And now we have huge stars because of that. Yeah. But again, it's changed. Everything is online. So... People are creating their own content. People... But music's different, though, don't you find? Like, I think, to me, there's a lower barrier to entry for yes. music. You know, if you've got a guitar, you've got a good voice, 
and you you know cut a song and you know there's so many great tools out there now um you can get out there i mean you're on a level playing field i feel with a lot of the other artists out there sure there's you know these hip-hop artists and stuff that have you know great producers and they spend like millions mixing these tracks and stuff um but at the end of the day you can compete but in the television side it's difficult yeah like how how are some of these canadian production places producers going to compete with like a house of cards Mm -hmm. exactly even our show get connected you know we we are obviously we're still on the air yeah but we're also pushing a lot of online because in canada obviously we if you're a canadian you can watch the show yeah but online we have a mass appeal to anybody around the world and and so now and it's so interesting with our television show uh we're on across canada we have more people watching our show online. Like yes. we have half a million people a month watching our show content online. Uh, obviously, not just in Canada, but all over the world. And I can't make any money. Yes, online yes. with the show. Yep. I can't. Yet it's very. I get, popular. I get a check from YouTube because you know, we've got Google ads on our, our stuff. I think I get a check every month if I'm lucky. It's a thousand dollars. It costs me hundreds of thousands of dollars to make that TV show. Exactly. And so. The only way I can still make money is through the actual TV show itself. The advertisers, for whatever reason, still like TV. I'm actually getting tax and film credits from the the Canadian government as well. Mm -hmm. It's being subsidized that way. Mm -hmm. So if they were to totally deregulate the whole thing, I just don't know how shows like mine would... Well, it would survive. We'd be doing it in your bedroom or something. (laughs) (laughs) On our webcam. Yeah, exactly. We would have to uh, lower the production value to to produce that content, but a lot of people are doing that. You, I I see like unboxing videos for tech, and we we do them as well. But you know, kids are doing this right in their in their bedrooms or in their dorm rooms, and they're getting more views, and they're getting a lot of views, getting it's, more views than we are. Exactly. Even though we're like super handsome and smart, I know, and we know our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the phone lines. We're gonna go open line here after the break. Six zero four. Two eight zero nine eight nine eight. Long distance one eight seven seven three nine 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 eight nine eight. I'll repeat those numbers when we get back. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this, we're open line on Get Connected, taking your tech calls and questions. Your uh, on-air tech support. If you've got any uh, opinions on some of the tech stories happening out there, I'd like to hear from you uh, as well. What do you think of Windows Ten? Did you ever even try Windows Eight? Or are you still on Windows XP? We'd like to hear your thoughts on that. 604-280-9898. Anywhere in Canada, 1-877-399-9898. Andy, the contest. We're, this week, we're going to give away the rechargeable Apex Fine Point Stylus. This is a battery-powered stylus for your iPad or Android tablet. Uh, gives a realistic pen-to-pad writing experience. And inside's a lithium-ion battery. Uh, it comes with a two millimeter tip, pocket clip, and more. It's awesome. It can actually replicate writing on a piece of paper, but you can do this on a tablet. To enter, go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on our contest tab to enter and win. That's www.getconnectedmedia.com. 604 <laughs> is the line. Give us a shout. Got John on the line. Hey, John. Hey, um, I'm considering uh, getting a tablet uh, iPad form, and I've looked at the iPad, and I've looked at the uh, Galaxy Tab S. Yep. And um, it seems like the Tab S has a brighter 
thing. They call it AMOLED. Uh, AMOLED. Super AMOLED, yeah. And the other one is Retina. Yes. But um, what I'm interested in, which is the, would be the easiest uh, to to uh, learn on, basically? I'm just jumping into all this. Yeah, do you have a smartphone right now? No, I live in Egmont. We have no cell tower anywhere near us. Oh, okay. And uh, are are you pretty proficient with computers? Do you use Windows or Macs, or what do you... Well, I have done just a little bit of just surfing, Google, yeah. tap in, whatever I want to get to. But other than that, I have very little experience. So, good question. Uh, the key question you asked there, which is probably the easiest one to get into, uh, in my opinion, that would have to be the iPad. Uh, I just find it a, a, a lower learning curve on there. Uh, from my experience in, in helping people with tablets, they seem to take to that one uh, easier. Don't get me wrong, the Samsung is beautiful. It's a beautiful little tab tablet. The screen is great as well. I know, Andy, you love the Samsung line, but uh, I would say the iPad's easier. One thing you want to consider, and like, I've tried all the different tablets out there, and I've noticed that you, you really need a case for your tablet because otherwise, if you want to watch movies and stuff, you need to be able to dock it. Yeah. And um, one tablet that I actually use all the time, which you always find surprising, Mike, it's from Lenovo. It's called their Yoga Tab, and it comes with a built-in kickstand on the back. So if you're going to use this tablet for primarily uh, consuming content, like watching Netflix or, or YouTube videos, I would look into that, and the price is fantastic. Right now, they're giving it away a tablet for $279 online. It is so cheap. So <laughs> you, you love that tablet. Yeah, and yeah but for, for a new guy getting into this, like it's running Android, don't you think he's going to get a little lost? I See, you... Apple people assume I, I that know, Android I, I know is I like Android. I like Android It's as well. very simple, especially if you have a Gmail account and you log that in into your tablet, your Android tablet. Everything just works. Just signing into different services, it's so easy because you sign in with your Google account. So I don't think that, my personal opinion, Android is not difficult to learn. If you can use an iPad, you can use an Android tablet. And in, to his point about that Super AMOLED screen, that Galaxy tablet you were talking about, the S, looks fantastic in daylight. You could have like the sun blaring on you, and you'll still be able to see that tablet. I know, Mike, we had Samsung come in town, and they were showing us, and we were in a very bright room, and that screen was just popping right out of the tablet. I still think iPad. Android. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, John, what you might want to do is like head down to uh, one of your local stores there and actually monkey around with it uh, a bit. Uh, and see uh, what what feels good for you. You jump here to Diana and Surrey. Hey, Diana. Hi. Thank Hi. you. I'm just calling because I only have 11 gigabytes left on my iPad. Yep. And I'm wondering if it's worth downloading that new update, the iOS 8 update. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, you know, a couple recommendations when you are updating, uh, if you decide to go with iOS 8, uh, do it through iTunes, through a computer or your laptop. Uh, that way, apparently, it takes up um, less space uh, when it's initially downloading it into uh, your actual iPad or uh, iPhone. Um, I, I really like the new update. I, I think it uh, adds a lot of cool features. Uh, uh, if you've got an iPhone or uh, a Mac as well, these things will all start talking with each yeah. other. It's, it's crazy cool how uh, it is. So for me personally, uh, I would recommend the update. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it to people that have like an iPhone 4. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe wait a bit on that uh, to see if they can improve the speed on there. But uh, for other folks, uh, it, 
it, I've really enjoyed it so far. A lot of great uh, additions to it. Have you used it much? iOS 8? Yeah. Uh, a little bit, yes. I, I do agree with you. It does look much better. Yeah. And it's, it's slicker, and it, like you said, it works good with all the other Apple devices. They can communicate just easily. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, more of your call, 604-280-9898. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike and Andy here in studio. We're taking your calls now. We're open line. Any tech question, be your on-air, te- uh, your on-air tech support, or if you need buying advice, 604-280-9898, if you're phoning long distance. We've got Naya on the phone. How are you? Good morning, guys. I look forward for you guys for the weekend. You always have a, such a nice advice and what's new and everything. I have a question for you. I just got Retina iPad, and it's really good. Yep. If I go to Europe... Um, uh, do I need to uh, get some other connection or from here? Yeah. Do you know which one you bought? Did you buy the one with the cellular connection or just the Wi-Fi? Uh, I5 and solar. Yeah, okay. you got cellular as well. So the nice thing about the iPads, uh, they've got two different versions typically. They've got the ones that are just Wi-Fi. So they work with Wi-Fi internet connections in your home office or coffee shops and airports. And they've also got one that's got Wi-Fi and cellular connectivity so you can actually go and get a sim card from your local carrier so the nice thing is that the ipads are unlocked you can get a sim from any carrier Mm -hmm. and so if you want to go that route you can actually when you get to europe go to one of the cell phone stores uh and get a pay-as-you-go data plan for your your ipad and uh basically be able to use it anywhere of course you'll be able to use wi-fi but having that you know the cellular data option there uh is nice because you don't have to worry about Wi-Fi hotspots. Another thing that I would recommend, especially when you're traveling, you know, you want to put a, like a lot of movies and, and stuff while you're on, like, say, um, on the flight there. Yeah. One thing that's a great investment for people that have smartphones and tablets is the uh, SanDisk wireless flash drive. Oh, I love that thing. It, it, I can't even imagine traveling without it now. Basically, it's this wireless USB flash drive that, that actually can create its own Wi-Fi network. And so you can put all your movies, you just drag and drop from your computer onto this little drive, and then you get it to create its own Wi-Fi network, and then you can stream the content from that drive to your iPad directly. So it's like having a little Netflix almost um, on, your, on your tablet. It's cool because this thing's like a USB stick. It's just a USB stick. Yeah. It's so easy. It's got about four to five hours of battery life. 64 and- gigs. And so you can get a 16 gig iPad, yeah. And these things come up to 64 gigs. So you, as long as you have it with you, you could always have that content: movies, music, pictures, everything on this, on this little flash drive, and then just stream it directly to your iPad. So that's a great uh, accessory. It's called SanDisk Wireless Flash Drive. Yeah, that's uh, again, that's the nice thing about the iPads with the cell connections. Um, just being able to use any SIM in there. Uh, so, again, in Europe, just go to a cell phone store. They can help you out. Uh, when I go down to the U.S., I use the little Romobility Sims. Yes. Uh, and I've got, you know, an iPad I travel with all the time. I was just in New York uh, last week. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. I just put my Rome Sim in there. I activate a plan. I think, you know, data plans are like three ninety five a day or something. You know, stupid cheap compared to, like, actual roaming <laughs> if roaming, you had to. Roaming, yes. Um, and then I can get data pretty well anywhere, Yeah, which is nice. You know, because if you're carrying around... Uh, your iPad, you can access web pages or Yelp or anything. Maps. Maps. 
I use the maps a lot. Yeah, especially when you're traveling, maps are a godsend. Which is cool. But, you know, when it comes to um, traveling with your smartphone as well, uh, it's nice to have an unlocked one. Uh, you can typically get that through your carrier now. If you phone your carrier, I think after three months of owning that cell phone, uh, they'll unlock it for 50 bucks. Um, you can also get them unlocked through some of the um, sites on the Internet. I use sellunlocker.net. Yeah. What do yeah. you use? I use gsmcanada.com. That's yeah. to unlock Android phones. Yeah, and you'll find it's cheaper. Again, through the carriers here in Canada, I think it's like 50 bucks to unlock. Um, that's probably the cheapest route you can go for an iPhone because I've tried some of these other services, and it's stupid expensive. <laughs> for Android, it costs about $20 to unlock. 20 to 25 bucks. Tw- yeah. Which oh, is cheap. It is super cheap, yeah. Which is nice because once you unlock it, you can use any SIM in there when you're traveling, and you save yourself a truckload of money. Another thing, uh, quickly, if you are traveling – Take a backup battery, one of those portable backup batteries with yeah, you. Yeah, good point. Because um, if you're using it a lot, you're going to run out of power. And if you're out and about and you're not close to your hotel, you want to make sure you have that extra juice just in case. 604-280-9898. That's the number if you want to give us a call here on Get Connected. We're little digital buddies. <laughs> your computer nerd friends. We can help answer any question for you. We've got Malcolm on the line. Hey, Malcolm. Good morning, guys. Thank good morning. you for taking my call. Uh, can you comment on Microsoft? Robotic Developer Studio and how Bill Gates will make billions and billions of dollars on it? I guess he hopes he's going to make billions and billions. I don't know much about the robotic development yet, Andy. It's funny. like The robotic industry is starting to take off. Um, we're, starting, we're starting to see a, like, a lot of robotic toys, uh, mention, of which, Mike, I got to say, we got a couple of cool uh, toys. Like Even Nerf is getting into the robotics. I got to show you some... Uh, New devices Nerf? that we got, yeah. Like they have, they have these new Nerf guns that have like LCD screens. You can take pictures with them. Uh, everything's gotten high tech. Even robot, uh, robotic devices that you could put your iPhone into, and you could drive this thing around and look and see, have like a first person view of what the robot is seeing. So we have seen consumer robotics. Uh, I know Microsoft is trying to go into the more industrial style robotics but um lots of r&d going into that right now yeah it's, they've actually got a developer studio kit uh, that um developers whether it's a hobbyist academic or commercial industrial um developer can actually use to develop you know the software behind running uh these robots or robotic uh, type devices yeah because it's it's a combination of hardware and software so microsoft is giving you the software side and then the developers can create different types of applications for robotics I'll jump here to Tim quickly. Hey, Tim. Hi. Hi. Uh, I've got an iPhone 4 that uh, my contract's up this month, but it's just getting brutal. Like with Safari, it keeps crashing all the time, so I'm forever um, hard resetting the phone or clearing the network. Or, I mean, am I going to damage the hardware all the time by, by doing this? No. Uh, do you know what operating system version you're running on that? It's the latest one. Yeah, I've got all the updates. Yeah, iOS 7. Um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, after a few years, these smartphones uh, start uh, getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, I find, you know, as well, uh, you know, you, you keep doing the updates. Uh, you know, the higher you get up in the updates, uh, there's so many new features. And, uh, you know, these, these software updates are designed to help run on the latest, greatest, fastest new hardware. So sometimes the older phones, like the iPhone 4, um, they're going to start running slower. And, I, that, and that's typically the case with all smartphones. Out not there. only are they going to run slower, but the battery life is going to die faster as well because yeah. of the updates. So if you have an older iPhone, I've always recommend to people to not make the updates because what you're going to find is that 
your phone's slower, the battery dies more, and you're just going to be frustrated, even though you have the latest update. So, and I think Apple does that on purpose because they want you to be like, oh, I think I need to upgrade to a new phone. And typically, people right now have a phone for about two years before they upgrade. And um, so, yeah, it, but it's tough, you know. They, uh, you know, Apple's had great success in. Uh, having some of the highest rates of people updating their yes. phones, so they're always running on the latest operating system, which does make it better uh, for developers when they're developing these apps and software. Uh, it's just easier for them to run on all the different devices. And again, if your phone is older, it, it probably will run a little bit slower. Uh, you know, in some cases, uh, Tim, uh, you know, I've recommended backing it up um, and doing a complete restore mm-hmm. on the phone. Sometimes that uh, gives it a little extra. Uh, life, uh, but it sounds like you uh, are eligible for an upgrade. You know, I'd look at uh, some of the the snazzy new phones out there. The iPhone six, I've been using it; uh, it's beautiful and killer, killer fast. When we come back from the break, app of the week with Christina. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, and it's that time of the week. App of the week. With Christina, what do you got for us? I have an app called Manual for iPhone. And what this app does is it actually allows you to customize your iPhone camera and adjust all the settings just like you would on a DSLR. So this is not the app for people who are using point and shoot cameras. But if you're used to shooting on a DSLR and you can't always carry that around with you, you can actually set all of those settings using manual on your iPhone. You've got your focus, your ISO, shutter speed, etc. And does this actually work? Of course it works, Mike. (laughs) So you've you've tried this out. And and how much does it cost? It's $1.99 on the App Store. And so obviously this is for photo enthusiasts that really like to tinker with all the the different settings. Uh, Is it difficult to use? Well, of course, you have to have an understanding. You have to um, be one of those people who does use a DSLR. But once you have the basic understanding how all those settings work, it should be uh, pretty pretty self-explanatory. And only $1.99. Exactly. You can't go wrong. <laughs> App of the weekend, the name again? It's Manual, M-A-N-U-A-L, just the way you would normally spell it. Available in the Apple App Store. Thanks uh, for letting us know. Thank you, Mike. Andy, the contest one more time. We're giving away the rechargeable Apex Fine Point Stylus. This is a realistic pen-to-pad writing experience on your iPad. Features an integrated lithium battery that almost replicates using a real pen on your tablet. Go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on the contest tab to enter and win the rechargeable Apex Fine Point Stylus. i got to ask, Andy. I see you're still wearing that Motorola smartwatch. Yes. Is it actually powered today? It's powered. I got I got battery. <laughs> you know what's funny is they had an update for this watch. Yeah. And suddenly the battery life is better. So they figured something out here. It lasts more than a day now. Are you actually using it? I am. I am. You know, both Apple and Google have a different philosophy of what a smartwatch is supposed to do. Google is using their Google Noun card. So it's giving me contextual information. If someone texts me, I don't even have to look at my phone. I can read the text on the watch, press a button, reply, it suddenly opens up the text message on my phone to reply to. Or, I don't, or, you, or you could just pick up your smartphone and... Well, then I have to unlock my smartphone and then I have to, you know, write. But it's that, great. That must take an extra two seconds. So now if we're in meetings and someone's texting me, I don't have to 
get my phone out, I can just look, pretend that I'm looking at the time, but I'm actually. Yeah, but then texting. everyone thinks you're bored. No, well, no. hoping that the meeting is over. I'm always bored in meetings. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, uh, you can visit our website on a regular basis at getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, as Andy had mentioned, we do have our contests up there. We're giving away tons of stuff all the time. You should enter. Like, the odds are really good. It's not like millions of people are entering. It's, you know, a few thousand. Uh, so uh, we've got some great prizes up there on a regular basis. Every single week we're uh, updating the contest, so check that out. We're also uh, posting all of our videos that we're doing, not only from our television show, uh, but also the latest uh, gadgets that uh, are coming out. If uh, something new has uh, hit the street, uh, we've typically got a segment uh, getting a, a first look on it uh, as well. How are you finding that, trying to punch that stuff out quickly, Andy? It's uh, interesting because we're doing a lot of web videos, and usually they're like one take. So we walk in the studio, we just talk for a couple of minutes, and then that's it. And uh, you're really good at that. I'm starting to get better. <laughs> you're, you're, you're the man when it comes to doing the one. You're a one-take wonder, Mike. Uh, well, I've got a few years on you. Yeah, I, you had a little a couple young years. Grasshop- I'm, I'm still practicing. Young though. grasshopper. <laughs> want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Uh, Andy Barrar, my co-host and producer. Uh, Christina our app girl, and of course the rest of the Get Connected team at the office and chat on the controls as uh, always. Mike, Andy, and Christina logging off. We'll see you again next week.